Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Amen. Grab a seat. Man, what a privilege to be here on this last day at Dobie. How many of you were here on that first day? hey I wasn't. But I'm glad to be here now. If I don't know you, my name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And we're closing out Dobie, finishing off our series that we've been in called The Hood. But before we dive into this message, let me ask you a question. Have you ever run into something that just didn't seem quite right? It was kind of like something, but it wasn't quite that something. All right, so I grew up watching the Muppets. How many Muppet fans we got out there? Yeah. I grew up watching the Muppets. Well, one of their more recent movies came out, and there was a, an imposter that showed up. The Muppets showed up. We got a picture of the Muppets? Something just doesn't look right. Because that's the Muppets. See, in life, we run into these things that show up that aren't quite what they're supposed to be. We've got a whole list of them. Throw them up there. Let's see these things. Nintendo. I think it tastes like butter. Not sure. Game child. That says ill-tempered birds. Life, live it up. Crust. You don't want to put that on your teeth. That says special man. You know, see, there's a difference between being like something and actually being something. There's a big difference between being like something and actually being something. You know, this series, The Hood, that we've been in, we've been talking about community. What does it mean to be a hood? What does it mean to be a neighborhood? More, more specifically, what does it mean to be a neighborhood that doesn't just kind of resemble Jesus, but we are Jesus to people? We are like him in every sense of the way. We, we make sure that that's what people get. So, so we talked about that first week. If we're going to be that kind of people, we can't give what we don't have. So we, if we want to give people Jesus, we want people to know Jesus, we've got to get to know Jesus. We've got to spend time seeking him, learning what he's like, reading the, the Bible and going, okay, what did Jesus say in certain situations? How did he say it? How did he treat people? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? What was he like so that I can be that for other people, so that I can show him? You know, Jesus, like no one else on earth, championed people. He championed the greatness of people. He took fishermen and tax collectors, and religious malcontents. And he said, you know what? I believe in you so much and that you can do such great things. I'm going to give you the greatest, most important mission on the earth. And he championed them, and he believed in them, even when they messed up. We talked about how Peter denied Jesus three times. 
And yet Jesus still championed him. Jesus still believed in him. That we're to be a people that do that for others. That see who God says that they can be. And gets behind them even when they fall short. We come up to them and we say, all right, that wasn't what you were made for. Let's go again. Let's go again. But Jesus also represented something else. He served like no one else. And today we're going to talk about how he did that, but also what inside of him allowed him to do that. You know, Philippians chapter 2 says this about Jesus, and it's an admonition to us on how we're supposed to relate to each other. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. He didn't act like a servant. He took on the very nature of a servant, being made in human, human likeness. See, Jesus wasn't a moopit. Jesus took on the very nature of a servant. He didn't just do some kind of nice, servant-hearted things. No, he said, I'm going to actually become a servant for you. And there's a passage that we're going to spend most of our time in today in John 13. It's going to be where we study out of that shows what it looks like to be a servant in a way that that is astounding. It's one of those passages where you read it and your jaw kind of drops and you think, I don't fully get it, but I want to be like it. In John chapter 13, Jesus is going to do this thing called washing people's feet. We don't necessarily do it in our culture anymore because we wear shoes. And, and so there's not necessarily a need to do it. But he washes his disciples' feet. And what it is, is it a, it's a display unlike almost any other you see. It's, it's something that wasn't done by people in, of Jesus' stature. I mean, Jesus was a leader, a well-known, highly respected leader. And he washes the feet of those who are following after him. Let's just dig into it and see what it says, because there's some great principles that we're going to learn today, not just about how to serve people, but, but what kind of heart allows us to do that. Beginning in, in John 13, verse 1 says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now pay attention here. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. All right, just time out for a moment. 
Did you catch that? Jesus, being fully aware of who he is, says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had put all things under his power, what does he do next? All things are under your power. What do you do next? Jesus says, all things are under my power. You know, it seems like the perfect time. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to wash somebody's feet. See, many theologians believe that the process Jesus had to go through in order to get clear on that right there, on I know who I am and I know what I'm for. I know who God is, I know who I am, I know what my purpose is, is very similar to the process that we go through. Jesus wasn't like an infant and knew, hey, this is my purpose, I'm going to die on a cross in about 33 some odd years. No, he was a human. He went through all the struggles and trials and he learned how to walk with God. Yes, he had this complex dichotomy of being fully God and fully man that's a little too complicated for us to fully wrap our mind around. It's a God idea that you just try to lean into that you may not fully ever get. But Jesus was that. And yet he went on this journey to learn who he was. To understand this is who I am. This is what God's made me for. This is my purpose. He gets to a place where that thing is locked down, crystal clear. I know who I am. I know what you've made me for. I know that I am here to take away the sins of the world, to set people free, to die on a cross, to rise again so that you can glorify me for all eternity. I'm clear on who I am. Now it's time to go serve people. Friends, let me tell you, if you're not sure about who you are, you will not serve people. Because you will be too worried about yourself to ever see anybody else. If you don't know who you are, you will walk by people in need of a foot washing and you won't even know that they're there because your eyes will be fixed on you. You, you, you. Now there's a rare set of people that just naturally help and serve. They just kind of do it innately. If you're one of those people But here's the deal with you. If you're not clear on why God made you that way, what can easily creep in is resentment. For I do all these things for people and no one ever says anything about it. That's not why you do it. When you're clear on who I am and why God's made me this way, I'm free to serve people without getting a thank you. Though we should give thank you. If someone's done something for you, you can go say thank you. Somebody needs to call their mom today. <laughs> but if I'm not sure, I'm just going to walk on by. Or something's going to start growing inside that I might keep serving. But instead of washing people's feet with water, I'm gonna be, it's going to be toxic water that I'm washing people's feet with. Because what's in me is not clean. What's in me is not healthy. I mean, if we're going to learn one thing from Jesus today, let's press into to wrestling with, God, who have you made me to be? God, who am I? What am I supposed to be running after? Because when that's clear, I'm not worried about myself all the time. 
I'm free to see people. And there's plenty of people that need to be seen. There's plenty of people that need to be served, that need to be loved. So let's keep going. Let's keep digging in here. Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter. I love how Peter always gets called out. And says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said. Can't do that. You're not, you will never wash my feet. Can you just hear Peter? Not all, he's shooting from the hip. I mean, that's just like Peter to a T. Shooting from the hip. No, you're never going to wash my feet. Unless I wash your feet, you can have no part of me. All right, then. Just, just not my feet, but my head and my, my hands and everything as well, then. I mean, just firing off. And Jesus says something, and we'll get really into this in a minute. He says, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet, for the whole body is clean. And you were clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that's why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's who I am. Now that I am your Lord and teacher and have washed your feet, then you too should also wash one another's feet. I've set you as an example, so that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. All right, that's a big chunk. There's a lot in there. Let's remember what Jesus just did. First of all, this is a, a very real act of servanthood, of serving someone else's needs. Let's not fly past that. These are, are different times where people walked wherever they went. They didn't hop in their car and drive over there. They didn't have any, any Yeezys to put on and keep their feet nice and clean. No, they, they put on their Chacos, and then they walked from place to place to place on dirt roads, and their feet got nasty. Real nasty, like dirt under the toenails, gross, nasty. And the only way that it got clean is when a servant, usually of a, of a wealthy household, came and washed somebody's feet. Jesus is their Lord, their teacher, the one that they followed. Not only that, but he is prominent in society. He's known throughout the region as being a teacher and a healer. People know who Jesus is. He's well-known and well-respected and sought after. Guys like him didn't do this. They didn't wash feet. They had their feet washed. Jesus steps in and does the thing that could seem beneath him. Guys, let me tell you, you're never above serving. You're never above serving. You're never above picking up trash. You're never above putting out chairs. The first Sunday I came to, to visit here, 
came to spend time with the Griffins, and I came early with, with J.D., and what was he doing? He was setting out chairs. Some would think, that's not his job. He's the, the senior pastor of this place. He shouldn't even have to be here for setup. Well, he is, and he's putting out chairs because you never outgrow serving. God tested my own heart on this this week. I actually wrote in this message, you're never above picking up a broom. Well, right before the service started, I noticed a big pile of sawdust out in the middle of the lobby. I grabbed the broom. J.D. goes, is that an illustration? I'm like, nope, it's just dirty. Just got to clean up. And I'm the one that saw it, so I'm the one that needs to do it. I don't need to pass it to somebody on. You don't delegate serving to someone else. You do, de- you do serving. That's what one thing Jesus was modeling to us. is saying, look, guys, you never outgrow this stuff. No matter how, how great of a leader are, you are, no matter how high you climb on that ladder, you never outgrow serving. It's something we can all do, always, in every setting. See, but there's, there's something in this that allowed Jesus to serve people, though. There was something going on in Jesus that allowed him to get to a place where, where he didn't mind washing Peter's stinky feet. Where he didn't mind getting down and doing that. See, it's, it's one thing to serve somebody when it's your, when it's your job, when it's your role hey, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's one thing to serve somebody who really deserves to be served, who does some amazing things for you and pours out their life for you and and helps you at every turn. But can you serve people when they don't do those things? When maybe someone has forgotten you and overlooked you Can you serve somebody when they have maybe hurt you and not owned it? Can you serve somebody then when they haven't done all the things that have said, you know what, they deserve to be served? Is your heart clean towards them? See, some of the things surrounding this passage, some of the things that are going on, is Jesus is here. He's having what's known as the Last Supper. This last meal before he was actually going to go to the cross and be crucified on behalf of all of us. Jesus actually goes on just in a few verses later and tells Peter that, hey, um, God's already shown me that you're going to actually deny me three times tonight. You're going to let me down at my, my, my moment of greatest need. You know, Judas is in the room. Judas is the guy that betrayed Jesus. It doesn't say that Jesus skipped past Judas in the foot washing. He said he knew who was going to betray him, and yet he still washed his feet. There was something going on in Jesus that if we can get going on in us, we will stop and we will serve anyone that comes along our way. But if we don't get this, We'll just keep cruising by. We'll start letting things grow inside of us that keep us from even wanting to serve somebody else. See, Jesus, he explains this thing to him. 
And he tells them, you don't fully get what's going on here, but one day you will. One day you'll, you'll understand what, what I'm actually doing here. See, just like Jesus often does, the, the physical act of washing someone's feet and serving them is, is one thing that's happening in the room, but there's also another thing that's happening in the room. There's another principle that Jesus is, is unpacking and showing them that, that they'll later understand what was taking place. See, what Jesus was doing, what he was showing them, is that this washing of the feet is also symbolic of forgiveness. It's a, it's a forgiveness thing. See, there's a couple passages in here. Verse 10, it says, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you goes on to say that he said that because he knew that Judas was going to betray him. See, there's a passage in John chapter 2. Let me just read this to you. It's a really interesting passage. John chapter 2, verse 24. It says, But Jesus did not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind because he already knew what was in each person. It's an interesting little passage there, isn't it? Basically what it's saying is Jesus knew what was in the heart of people. And so he just knew what was going on. He knew whether they were clean or whether they weren't, whether their heart motives were pure or whether they weren't. So you and I don't have that position. That's a Jesus position. He gets that place. He gets to, to understand and judge and know. That's why we just need to love and serve people and not judge people. That's his role, not ours. But Jesus, he understood what was going on in people's hearts. And so he, he said to Peter, you know what? Hey, Peter, I know what's going on in there. I know you're actually wrestling. And I know there's going to come a, a, a few hours from now where you're going to not pass the test that's put in front of you. You're actually going to fall short. But I also know what's going on inside of you. And you want to love me. You want to serve me. You want to be for me. And I want you to know my forgiveness is available to you. If you'll receive it. See, if we're going to serve people, what we have to understand is that we have to be ready and willing to forgive them even before they've done something to warrant our forgiveness. Does that make sense? You, you tracking with me? We need to be ready and willing to forgive people have a clean heart saying, I'm not going to hold things against people, even if they do something to hurt me. I'm going to choose to say, my forgiveness is ready to give whenever they need it. If I don't have that kind of willingness to forgive people, if I have a, a, a set of a, a checklist in which people must check all the boxes before they can receive my forgiveness, then I'm not holding the same standard that God uses to me. See, the standard that God uses to forgive me is that he does not hold my sins against me. That his forgiveness is, is willing. It's ready. If I'll just confess and receive, I get the full transaction. He's not saying, hey, Chris, if, if you want my forgiveness... You need to jump through this hoop 
spin this way, say this exact phrase, and then you got it. He's saying, my forgiveness is there, ready for the taking. Do you want it? But so often what keeps us from seeing the people's needs around us, from willing to serve them, is we're withholding something. We want people to to do a certain thing that makes me feel justified. I'll serve them when. I'll bless them when. I'll get behind them when. See, Jesus was about to go die, and none of them were going to stand there with him. They were going to deny him. They were going to run when trouble showed up. They were actually going to go hide out later because they were so afraid. And even then, he washed their feet. Even then, he served. How did Jesus keep his his heart clean? It's because he was ready to forgive at any moment. He was ready to let people off the hook and say, you know what? It's for you. There's grace for you. It's okay. When we can learn how to let people off the hook for things they they may not have even done yet, we will walk lighter. You won't be looking out for someone for what someone might do. There's a freedom. There's a there's a There's just a weight that's lifted. And so it frees us up to start looking for the needs of people. It frees us up to start looking for those around us. Not wondering, well, why haven't they served me? Why haven't they done this for me? Didn't they notice what was going on with me last week? See, there's just something that's lifted. When we choose to walk in this way that that Jesus did with this clean heart that says, no matter what, no matter how you act, no matter what you do, I'm here, and I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to be behind you, and I'm going to champion you because I'm clear on who I am. I'm clear on who I am. I know what God's made me for. I'm not going to pretend to be like a servant. I'm going to take on the very nature of a servant. Because if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. If it's, if it's good enough for Jesus to get on his knees and wash people's feet, then it's good enough for me. I'm not above it. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to be in it. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to give. I'm willing to lay down my life for someone else. Because I already know that Jesus laid down his life for me. I already know that he gave it all for me. I already know how valued I am. I already know how loved I am. I already know how accepted I am. That's the kind of neighborhood people walk into. They get astounded by. Because people aren't looking out for their own interest. Because they're convinced that their interests have already been taken care of. They're secure. Man, I want to be that secure. 
Man, I want to grow more in that security of knowing, God, I know who I am. I'm not fighting to get mine. I'm not wondering who's going to give me that leg up. No, I'm wondering how I can get down on a knee and start serving somebody. How I, can, how I can get in somebody else's world and say, what does it mean to lift you up? What does it mean to set you up? What does it mean to put you in a position where you flourish, where you thrive, where you're at your best? Because I already know when I'm giving my life to you, that's when I'm at my best. That's when I'm, that's when I'm living my best life. We want to do that. We want to be that kind of people. And so we've got to have a clean heart. We've got to be able to walk in. You know, and it's going to happen with the, the people that are closest to you. Just let's, get, let's dial this down and get real for a moment. The people that you're closest to will often be the hardest to serve. Because you will see all the places in their life where they're unworthy of being served. You will see their dirty feet. And you will look at it and go, do I really want to get in there? Because they may just go dirty them up again. See, the, your closest friends. We're talking about community. So this is people in this room. These are people that you do life with. This is your church. This is your life group. This is your marriage. These are your kids. This isn't the, the person who doesn't know Jesus yet that we're talking about serving. No, this is the people that you do life with. These are the people that let you down on, a mo on a, the most consistent basis. Who forget that you needed something. This is what Jesus is doing. That's who he's serving. Is the guys that, for, that forgot. The guys that he walked around and he saw their mistakes and he saw the mess. That's who he's serving. And that's who we need to serve first. Is the people who are closest to you. Who are probably offending you more than anyone else. Who are probably letting you down. Saying a harsh word. See, isn't it amazing the people that love us the best can also hurt us the worst? And Jesus is saying, hey, that's where you start. Start by washing their feet. Start by saying, you know what? Next time they do that, this is probably going to happen again. They're already forgiven. I'm not going to make them grovel and come back and say, you know what? You were right. And you got to give them that, that head shake and that stare of like, no, I'm going to come to them. To meet them and say, Here it is. Here's the forgiveness that you need. And there's a story called The Prodigal Son. We've talked about it a few times, even this year. The son runs away from his father, squanders the wealth. Now this, this son who was supposed to be the closest causes some of the deepest pain. 
and he plans this speech when he comes to his senses and he's ready to come back home. He plans this big speech and he's like, this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, I'm going to go meet my dad and, and I'm going to, I'm going to go at it this way. And, and as he's walking back home, the father sees him and he runs to him. And, and the son starts to go into his speech. And the father cuts him off. Wraps him up. Says, get the ring, get the robe, kill the, kill the animals. We're having a party. It's a barbecue tonight. My son's home. He doesn't let him get through his speech, go through his plan. No, he meets him before that and says, you don't have to do all that to get my forgiveness. My forgiveness is here. That's the same heart we're meant to carry because that's the same heart Jesus is giving today. Where are you at today? Maybe you feel like that's where you're at. You're feeling like you're having to work your way back in, but Jesus is sitting there on his knees. He's got the towel wrapped around him saying, I'm ready to wash your feet. Just sit down. I want to wash your feet today. I know what's in your heart. I know you're broken over what you've, the life that you've been leaving. I know that you need help, and you're saying, I need help. That's why you're here today, guys. If something's off, you stepped into this room, it's because you know you need God to step into your world. And I want you to know he's here right now. He's here right now. He wants to step into that moment. He wants to step into that moment. He wants to forgive you. He wants to show grace to you. He wants to set you on a new path. He wants to say, I, I believe in you. You have what it takes. Let's go do this thing together. Doesn't matter what you did last night. Doesn't matter how you've been living for years. Today, his forgiveness is available. Today is the day where you can get washed, where you can get cleansed, where you can receive the life that Jesus has always meant for you. Today is the day. Do you want to receive it? Whether you've received it a hundred times or you need, you need it for the first time. Do you need Jesus to, to come into your life and cleanse you of your sin? You've never said, hey, I'm going to go after Jesus. But today can be that day where you're going, I didn't know there was a God of forgiveness. Maybe I thought there was a God of performance, but I didn't know there was a God of forgiveness. See, no, our God is not a God of performance. He's a God of forgiveness. It's not about what you do. It's about what he's already done. He wants to pour out his forgiveness and his grace again to us today. Would you go ahead and stand up with me? I want you to take a moment just to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment of focus and concentration to not let the distraction come in. If you're in here today and you would say, I, you know, I don't know Jesus like you're talking about. I don't know that I've ever received his forgiveness. I don't even know much about him. Today can be the day where you receive everything that he has for you. See, the Bible tells us that God loved us so much that in our brokenness and our great need, he sent his only son, Jesus. 
to die on a cross to take away the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could be restored to what God originally intended for us, that if we will just confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us. And this morning, if you want to know the forgiveness of what it's like to live free, to live clean, to let your sins go, and to walk into a new life, Jesus wants to give you forgiveness today. If you want to go there this morning, if you say, yes, I want that forgiveness, I want to ask you just to do something for me this morning. Just where you are, in your own words, I want you to just tell Jesus that you need him. Say, I need you today. I confess that I've made mistakes along the way. But I need you today to take away all my mistakes and set me on a new path. 